the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join our conversation. Education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are here again with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Absolutely. And our wonderful guest as well. Yes, so we're here again with Christine Truyan from Minnesota Parent Alliance. And we're switching topics this evening to something that just sounds so sweet. Sounds so interesting. <laughs> Doesn't it? Social, emotional learning. Mm-hmm. So we're here. Christine is going to give us the rundown of something that, boy, it sounds so great. It sounds like something we all should learn and need to know. But uh, there's a lot going on behind that acronym. So let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that, Christine. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, this is <laughs> this is going to be a busy show. It's There's going to be a lot to get through here. But um, you're absolutely right. Social emotional learning, I've said it before, is like one of the most effective marketing schemes in the history of the world. <laughs> um, social emotional learning sounds great. I have young kids. And I think when most people hear social emotional learning, it's like kindness, managing your emotions. Those all sound like very positive skill sets that your children should have as they go forward into adulthood. Um, I'm here to tell you that that <laughs> what you hear and what you get are two different things with social emotional learning. Um, so I think the easiest way to break this down, because I, again, this is one of those issues in education right now that it is such a thorny, complex issue, and we could spend 10 shows on this and not touch all the pieces. But I think the most important thing to understand is that, you know, maybe last year or the year before, critical race theory was sort the buzzword and everybody's very concerned. Is it in my school? What is it? What does it look like? Mm-hmm. Critical race theory is an academic theory and that had been said mm-hmm. a lot during that time. It's the ideology mm-hmm. that social emotional learning is founded upon mm-hmm. um, and diversity and, and inclusion and equity. So, you know, DEI, I think a yes. lot of people have those types of specialists now staffed at their schools or administrators in their schools. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the marketing scheme. So diversity, inclusion, equity sounds great. I want that. That sounds mm-hmm. like a positive thing. Uh, social emotional learning is the delivery system. Mm-hmm. So that is how they're going to get CRT into mm-hmm. your kindergartners' hearts mm-hmm. and minds, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be a delivery mechanism, and social emotional learning is that. Um, so a lot good description, by the way. Yeah, it's try. Mm-hmm. I'm trying Very to kind clear. of like mm-hmm. figure out, you know, which <laughs> what's mm-hmm. what here because it mm-hmm. is complicated. Um, so you know, 
I think just very plainly, social-emotional learning at this point, what it truly is, is the psychological manipulation of children to adopt a radical viewpoint by undermining parental rights. Mm. And that's a pretty loaded statement. I'm going to say it again, because I think in, in my studies about this and talking to experts who have dedicated very, very long nights mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out what this is and what it isn't, it is the psychological manipulation of our children to adopt a radical viewpoint by undermining parental rights. Mm. So we'll we'll tear apart kind of what that mm-hmm. is and how they do that. But mm-hmm. um, CASEL is an organization that I think every parent should become very familiar with. Mm-hmm. It is C-A-S-E-L, and that is the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. That is the organization that provides the framework for these programs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so about 90% of the programs, the social emotional programs that your district has likely adopted are part of the CASEL organization. Interesting. Okay, so that's the framework that hides mm-hmm. critical race theory um, and psychologically manipulates children into believing this ideology through something that they're calling culturally responsive teaching. You may or may not have heard mm-hmm. of yep. that. Mm-hmm. And um, that's in the new teacher licensure rules right. as well. It also has the acronym mm-hmm. CRT. So again, there's yes. all of these words being tossed around mm-hmm. in acronyms, and it's really important to understand the clear definition of what do we mean when we say mm-hmm. CRT? Mm-hmm. We're talking about cult- culturally responsive teaching. Um, you know, culturally, how convenient yeah, that really, they came truly, up with a truly. phrase and an acronym that matches so clearly, but has such a completely different meaning. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. there's a lot to know about CRT. Um, but basically, and I think the most disturbing part about this is that these programs are designed to exploit the experiences and the emotions of children. Children are naturally just empathetic little people. Mm-hmm. They yes. want to be good people and they want praise and they mm-hmm. want affirmation and they want all of those things from the grownups in their life, whether they're the mm-hmm. teachers or the parents. Um, and so, they, you know, they seek to please in that way. Yes. And so they are in an incredibly vulnerable place um, to be shaped, right, mm-hmm. with, with morals and values. And, and that is not the role of our public schools. Um, but that is the role that they're going to play under the guise mm-hmm. of, you know, we have this mental health crisis and, and these students need this support. They may not be getting it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's really hard to be the voice that stands up and starts asking questions about this because you will be shouted down as somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't care about the kids and their mm-hmm. mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is out of love that you start asking these questions because yeah. you start to quickly realize that this is not, the branding on the outside is not what it is on the inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a quick question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but um, if I'm a parent and I'm concerned about this delivery mechanism in my child's school, um, can I say to the teacher, do you have social emotional learning in my child's school day? Or is it something that's tucked into every subject so that on the outside, it wouldn't even look like social emotional learning? It's a good question. Um, you know, you certainly can and should ask it mm-hmm. just plain in those words and see what sort of a response you get. I can say with 100% certainty that every school in the state of Minnesota has some sort of social emotional mm-hmm. learning program. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to the degree that a teacher is going to be open and transparent, you know, it's kind of depends on mm-hmm. are, you, are you talking about a teacher? Are you talking about an activist? I always right. try to uh, mm-hmm. make that distinction because there are so many good teachers that are there for the right reasons. They're not there to indoctrinate your children. They don't yeah. want any part of, you know, some sort of framework that's trying to embed political ideology into the Mm -hmm. classroom. But Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, ask the question. um, But I think that 
with respect to like, is this existing in then other you know mm-hmm. subjects or is it really just confined to one part of the day? Mm-hmm. That will depend. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard, you know, kind of anecdotally from from parents with uh, young elementary school kids that it might look like, hey, we have this 20 to 30 minute carve out time okay. for social emotional learning. That's and they've wondered. adopted this program and they're going to really focus in on that during that particular time. Mm-hmm. However, um, you know, a lot of the educators who are, I hate to use the term like drinking the Kool-Aid, but the yes. ones that really buy into this mm-hmm. um, feel that it is their duty because, again, they are really looking at this as like this is our opportunity to really be the agents of social change, change that yes. these programs seek to, to have them play that role mm-hmm. um, that we're going to embed it everywhere. So yes. one example that I hear, and I think this helps uh, understand culturally responsive teaching, is that, um, you know, students, the, the goal of socially responsive teaching is uh, they believe that students have to develop a broader sociopolitical consciousness that allows them to critique the cultural norms, values, and institutions that produce social inequities. That's a lot yeah, for an elementary is, school right. kid, right? I know. So what they're saying is, and this is what it looks like at the elementary level, kids want to tell you about their weekend, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what did you do? We went to an amusement park. Okay, so they're going to start teasing out, you know, oh, how did you get there? And like, you know, tell yes. me more about that. Mm-hmm. And as soon as somebody in the classroom is going to make a comment like, oh, we, you know, we can't go because we couldn't afford to go or, or something yes. like that, mm-hmm. that really, you know, turns on a little bit of like an entry point to, oh, well, there's an inequity here mm-hmm. that we should explore. Mm-hmm. Um, that is their mm-hmm. opportunity. Then mm-hmm. that's an inroad to have yes. a conversation mm-hmm. about race and yeah. class. And so teachers who are trained in this method, and most and, of our teachers are now because you mm-hmm. have to go to these trainings. It's mm-hmm. it's required by the district or you're heavily encouraged to. And now it's going to be required at the licensure yes. level. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, you know, I think that is something to be aware of is if you have an activist teacher who really wants to kind of go down these roads with your kids, they will go down. They them. can find mm-hmm. it in, in math, and they can find it in science, and they yes. can find a million different places mm-hmm. where they so can start. So let's play off a little bit on what mm-hmm. Christine said. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, she's talking about things like even if you as a parent are very um, involved, you're looking, in, you know, you're helping your child with homework, you're asking them about their day, you are chatting with the teacher about the curriculum. Things like this won't show up right. in the curriculum, and That's I think it's important point to point asking. out to parents. So mm-hmm. what Christine mm-hmm. is talking about is, you know, Let's talk about a math problem today. So let's do this. And it's a word problem. Mm -hmm. So if Johnny gets in the car with his sister Susie and they drive 15 miles to an amusement park, you know, what, how many miles did they go? And, Mm -hmm. and maybe gas is $3 a gallon. Mm -hmm. Students, how many, you know, how much did they spend on gas that day? Mm -hmm. Well, a teacher can take that any number of ways. One of the ways is how many of you have been to an amusement park Mm -hmm. before? Mm -hmm. Maybe. 10 kids in the class raise their hand, but five do not. So then they're talking about, well, how do you all feel who have not been to an amusement park? So then all of a sudden, the people that do go to an have been, they feel bad because they're good little kids and they want to include their friends. And then they spend the rest of the time discussing, well, how do you feel about that? What, you know, boy, some of you have never gotten to go. Maybe it's because mom has a serious health condition and oh that's a terrible thing is she getting the health care that she needs maybe some of you don't have the funds to go that's a terrible thing as well that's not going to show up if you request curriculum and teachers who believe in this and they believe that they're doing a social good this is not going to show up and they can take something as innocuous as johnny and susie are driving 20 miles so it looks like a math problem. Mm-hmm. Well, and often 100%. then it's tied to the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the beginnings of, uh, you know, if you're white, you're an oppressor. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, feeding that into little, little kids, as you said, little kids 
are caring individuals by and large, and um, they don't want to be seen as something bad. Neither do adults for that matter. Right. right. So anyway. All right, Christine, go ahead. I know you have so much more to share. And I think the other thing you just sort of touched on it is that this is putting teachers in a position to provide some unlicensed therapy here to students. Um, You start going down these roads. I had a parent call me and say, hey, our second grader is in this class where they're doing a social emotional learning program and they have this carve out time and they bring up topics like death. Let's talk about that. And they start teasing out, like, does anyone have any examples of when you've experienced that? You get some really disturbing, dark, and very personal things coming out of second graders that that teacher is not equipped to deal with or handle or, you know, and then and then that goes out into the playground. I mean, you can't even just confine it then to that 30 minute time Mm, spot because then it's out. And those kids, you know, their brains are thinking about that all day and they're sharing things. And so that is kind of where I think this takes a really uh, disturbing turn. Mm -hmm. And I think that the other thing to remember about social emotional learning is this is what's called a trauma informed practice that requires every child to be placed in a mental health intervention. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they're assuming that every child has been the victim of trauma just by like being in the world. Right. Like, um, so this system requires school counselors to work as social justice advocates who shift the school culture, um, you know, to emphasize racism, gender ideology, sexual preference. And it's a systemic change that is disguised by this innocuous language mm-hmm. of like, we have a welcoming and safe school. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what does that really mean? What does that um, mean? Who's defining safe? Mm-hmm. Right. And right. parents, we really do. We need to be thinking about this. And I get this. Um, you know, Christine has young kids. I have young kids. You're emptying the dishwasher. I always use that experience <laughs> because guess what? I am always emptying the dishwasher (laughs) that thing is filling it or (laughs) refilling it and then running it again but think about that for just one minute what christine said the the teacher of second graders is saying hey guys we're going to talk about death Mm -hmm. today Mm -hmm. that is not appropriate at school Mm -hmm. that is not an appropriate setting it is not appropriate to have young what 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 is it Mm seven-year-olds i don't want an adult talking to a seven-year-old about deeply personal topics with a bunch of other Mm seven-year-olds if we want to talk about safe that is not a safe thing parents pay attention to who is speaking into your kid's life Mm -hmm. make sure that you know them make sure that you understand what's going on with those conversations Mm -hmm. and set up your boundaries we had a back to school letter that we tried to draft to encourage parents to either use ours as a template or make their own to just spell it out and just say hey and and in a very friendly way i know there's a lot of controversial things happening in education right now here are my concerns these are where my boundaries are okay if you're going to talk about a b or c issues that i don't want my kids Mm -hmm. talking about with you tell her tell her or him what Mm -hmm. they are in Mm -hmm. advance Mm -hmm. so they've got a heads up that this is crossing a line and i need you to let me know before you have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Because what we find out is that as they're teasing out these issues, we had some parents in Edina learn that their first graders spent an entire week talking about transgendered sexuality because one student on a Monday was talking about a soccer player. And they were, you know, asking Mm -hmm. some questions about, I think it was Megan Rapinoe saying, oh, like she has some like male traits or qualities about, you know, her appearance. And the teacher was like, there's the inroad. And she utilized those questions to create a whole then lesson. And we talked about this. And then so she sent a letter to parents on a Friday to recap, you know, this the, the week or whatever. This, this is, is what, what we learned this week. Doing. Just so you know, we talked all about this all she was, week. She was actually proud of this. After, huh? Oh, yeah. And she said it was such a beautiful thing. And it was so amazing. And they had such interesting questions. And I really enjoyed doing this with your students. And it's like, 
No. (laughs) I mean, that I I think is something we need to be aware of too, is that you don't want to hear this after the fact. You want to get in front of it. So have those conversations with the teacher Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other thing to to remember too, is that um, part of the social justice or social emotional, social justice has like a (laughs) slip. Um, But, you know, part of these things are um, the surveys, right? They need to continually exercise, um, you know, or uh, execute these surveys. And sometimes they'll call them screeners or questionnaires. Um, to continually ask students things like, you know, how safe do you feel at school? How welcome? How able are you to do your assignment? I mean, a variety of different things constantly. And they're mm-hmm. collecting that data mm-hmm. and they're going to utilize that data and manipulate that data to justify spending more money yes. on social emotional learning. Yes. It is a never ending mm-hmm. cycle. Yes. So that's yes. something to always have your radar up to. Mm-hmm. Um, let them know that they do not have your permission to continually be asking mm-hmm. your children a million different questions, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is not mm-hmm. helping them learn academically at all. Isn't there some uh, Minnesota state statute saying that uh, schools must inform parents about a survey beforehand? Yes. And also, um, and I want to point this out, is that you can opt your kids out of this. And and I yeah. think you should be clear and not even just formula or formulaic by, you know, using an opt out form, but just let them know, hey, if you're going to because what they do is they get around it by saying, well, you've opted out of surveys, but this is just a questionnaire. Or oh, you know, I mean, like, oh it's, my it's, it is continually yes. a game of semantics yes. and wordplay yes. all the time. But yes. just be very clear about what you're talking about. But there yeah. is an opt out form. So, um, you know, you can exercise your legal right to opt your, your students out of surveys. And you can go to our website, minnesotaparents.org, and we can walk you through the process and mm-hmm. give you the form that you can do that. Mm-hmm. But I would also encourage just having that conversation, mm-hmm. putting it in writing, giving your teacher a letter. You don't have my permission to do screeners, questionnaires, mm-hmm. any of these things that might collect mm-hmm. data about my kid. Well, and not only that, but I know some of the surveys are very um, direct intrusive. about sexuality. Yes. yes, very intrusive is a better word. And planting seeds in young people's minds and hearts about yeah. um, things, things they don't even know they about. They don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And mm-hmm. then they're going home and asking, what is this? What is that? Here's and- the other thing that I think is important, too, about social emotional learning is that a lot of these and that, that example that I gave about the second grade program, um, that came in with a grant. And so right now, because our districts are financially strapped, there are several districts in the state of Minnesota that are insolvent. Mm. Um, You know, you look at districts like Rochester, they're $14 million in deficit. How can this be after all of this, the money that came to them through the COVID? Because uh, it's out, that money's gone. And so it's the same with these grants. They will accept because it's very alluring to say, here's $2 million to run, you know, this sort of pilot program in your district, a social emotional pilot program. That's very alluring to districts mm-hmm. who are in financial trouble um, mm-hmm. to take that on. But guess what? When that grant money is done, your district is on the hook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so be very careful about that. I think, um, you know, our districts right now are very vulnerable to these predatory programs, mm-hmm. I think, coming in and, and you mm-hmm. know, enticing them to say, hey, let's try mm-hmm. this pilot program, you know, under the guise of you have a student mental health crisis we have to solve. This is the magic bullet. Like mm-hmm. we're giving you this easy solution, social, emotional learning. Who could possibly say no to that? And again, if you say no to it, it's like you don't care about the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, don't fall for that. And I think there are a lot of organizations that are doing good work around informing on this issue. Um, I'm going to make a plug for Courage is a Habit. 
It's a okay. website you can go to where they have distilled, again, this very complex issue down into like one to five page PDFs with talking points of like, what is this? What isn't it? All the different aspects of, um, you know, social emotional learning, the school counselors association issues are it's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would use courage as a habit, as a starting point. If you're just starting okay. to explore these issues, um, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. And we link to some of that on our website as well. Mm-hmm. I know Moms for Liberty put out a social emotional learning sort of guide and toolkit. Okay. So there are groups, um, you know, not just ours, but others that are really trying to make simplify this mm-hmm. because I think and, and really try to decode the language for parents right. that are really mm-hmm. trying to figure out what that is the, root the of key. Yeah, Cody, you know, I, I have said this for for years that the the left and I mean the hard left <laughs> is so good at taking language and twisting it ever so slightly, but then bringing about a completely different meaning, you know, such mm-hmm. as anti-racist, you mm-hmm. know, um, and, but social emotional learning is another one of those examples. And, yep. and this is where I think it is really confusing to parents. They hear that these things are happening in their kids' schools, but they're reading their teacher's newsletter every week. They're maybe going to, you know, meetings now and then, and they're just not seeing evidence of it. And they think it can't really be there. It can't be mm-hmm. true. Must not be my district. Mm-hmm. And, um, like you're saying, social emotional learning is in every district. This example you gave was in a first grade class. Second, I think yeah. you said, oh, second yeah. grade class in Edina. And, um, you know, you shared examples oh, on the yeah. show last week from virtually every school district around the Twin Cities. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. it, you know, parents, you need to be aware that this really is there. Whether Make you no see mistake. it or not, you yes. need to do your research. Yeah. And, 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 and rural more. Minnesota, I'm talking to you. I can't tell you how many times we're getting, you know, emails from parents that are living in towns that don't have a stoplight. And all yeah. of a sudden they're like, we have to accommodate, you know, this demographic that we actually don't think even exists in our district. Right. And where is this coming from? Right. Mm-hmm. Is often the question. Mm-hmm. And this is where it's coming from. So. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely that. And then, you know, I wanted to touch also on the restorative justice thing because we have a timely mm-hmm. thing here um, in the Twin Cities mm-hmm. area, in St. Paul Public mm-hmm. Schools. There was a tragedy that happened at Harding High School right. um, that, in my view, was potentially preventable. Yes. Um, and you look at other tragedies that have happened nationally, like Parkland. Mm-hmm. Um, it's preventable. And mm-hmm. these restorative justice practices that are tethered to the social emotional learning programs are doing a disservice to our children's safety mm-hmm. and the teacher's safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took a, a tragedy at Harding for our local pioneer press to start covering this issue. And they've mm-hmm. had teachers now speaking up saying, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah. Those are the quotes in the pioneer press article. Mm-hmm. Everyone mm-hmm. saw this coming. Mm-hmm. We could have predicted it because we have stopped uh, you know, the discipline policies that we have in place to keep children safe, you know, out of this sort of, you know, social justice, uh, you know, counselors, not mm-hmm. cops type initiatives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, our students aren't safe and they're also not successful. I mean, you're yes. looking at academic achievement plummeting and it's like the time that is being spent on these social emotional learning programs in school. Aren't these children better served to have teachers helping them learn how to read? Yes. Is yeah, really yes. the question at the yeah, end. Yeah. And I just, just again to clarify for our listeners, um, the restorative justice programs are, are programs that were often brought in by consultants. I know St. Paul Public Schools had, um, the PEB or the PELP, no, nah, not the PELB. Uh, it doesn't Pacific Education Group oh, yes. Peg yep. come in and and really change the way they disciplined and this has actually been going on in St. Paul Public Schools for a long time. That same group was hired by many other districts around the Twin Cities. So this restorative um, justice is taking away disciplinary measures that we would consider 
um, you know, as, as maybe older individuals to be traditional discipline, right? Mm-hmm. If a student is talking back to a teacher, mm-hmm. they should be disciplined, right? Mm-hmm. If a, te- if a student gets up and walks out of class, they should be disciplined. If a student gets in a fight in the hallway and harms another individual, they should be disciplined. But with the restorative justice practices, those disciplinary measures are not being taken. Simple things like talking back to a teacher that should be so simple to mm-hmm. shut down um, is not being shut down in the name of restorative justice. Yep. And again, social practices. emotional learning, this is at the root. And I think that the reporting practices too have been totally eliminated in mm-hmm. some districts of yes. the incident reporting that has happened. Well, that's because happen. the Minnesota Department, Department of, Human of yes, yes, Human Rights threatened yep. every school district across the state of Minnesota, saying if you mm-hmm. don't have an equal number of suspensions or mm-hmm. uh, what have you, disciplinary measures between whites and Asians and other kids, then we will actually sue you. Mm-hmm. They threatened lawsuits. You know, and they've done workshops and trainings. Yeah. I spoke with an administrator in a metro area school district face-to-face saying, are you telling me that you are changing your the way that you report incidents based on race? And she said, yes, we've realized that we're racist in our reporting. And I was astounded to hear her say this just, mm-hmm. just flatly wow. like that. And I said, I don't want to be in this room a year from now when a tragedy has occurred and have everybody say, we all knew it. This was the kid that we all, there were tons of red right. flags that were not documented along the way. And this was and a conversation no you had? This was a conversation that I had. In what, do you mind sharing what district? No, it was Osseo. And they okay. had a community mm-hmm. safety meeting and they talked about their emergency preparedness and they had the police officers there and the SROs. Mm-hmm. And um, they they found out that parents were going to show up to talk about not just like the, the worst case scenario, like I think everybody thinks about this in context of like a school, you know, active shooter drill. Right. Mm-hmm. No, this or is like, thing, like what, what parents <laughs> wanted to talk about was not just that, but the day-to-day violence that's mm-hmm. happening. What happened at Harding was day-to-day violence. I was a kid with a knife in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what we're trying to highlight here is that you know, the most uh fair, equitable, safe thing to do for our kids of color is to keep them safe, yes, right? And, to give and them so the, real the, education. the child at mm-hmm. Harding was a child of color who mm-hmm. could have been, I think, um, you know, th- I, there were there were many opportunities along the way to avoid mm-hmm. that. That was a predictable mm-hmm. outcome of these really terrible mm-hmm. policies. Mm-hmm. Well, and I am, you know, to your point, um, when I, and I've shared this on our show before, Abigail, but when I do teacher interviews, teachers coming from um, other public school settings have shared with me how frustrating it is that they spend so much of their time just dealing with students who are um, not behaving and they can't discipline them the way they used to be able to do. And the the fact that these hands of these teachers are tied is frustrating for them. It's frustrating to the students who want to learn. Absolutely. And again, this is not limited to St. Paul, Minneapolis schools. This is a new philosophy that is permeating every school district across, really across America. This isn't even just a Minnesota thing. Um, and until parents really stand up, like you say, mm-hmm. Christine, mm-hmm. Par- the power yes. is with the parent. Yes. Yes. Right. And teachers. Need Lock arms with teachers. good teachers. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Are there, they are a powerful voice right now that needs to, to come forward and really speak mm-hmm. their experience. Are there teachers groups uh, involved with your um, organization? You know, we have teachers that come to our organization and mm-hmm. a lot of times say anonymously, I would like to share this story because they mm-hmm. obviously are fearful of, you know, retaliation for their job. But mm-hmm. um, I am noticing a trend that teachers are becoming more emboldened, probably because they have one foot out the door and, yeah. and they know they're going to quit anyway mm-hmm. if things don't change. So that's 
that's kind of their, you know, last hope is to expose some mm-hmm. of this and hope that there will be, um, you know, school board members and administrators with the appetite to hear what they're saying and actually mm-hmm. affect some change. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is it is a really, um, you know, hard thing to have this whole conversation. And it's like kind of doom and gloom. But I do want to continue to point to the fact that, you know, parents do still have some levers right. of control in their students' lives. And I think it's going to take courageous parents, you know, getting educated, educate yourself on, you know, what SEL is, what it isn't, uh, what do these words mean? How do people that are using them intend them mm-hmm. to mean? Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to what's going on at the legislature right now. I know it's depressing to watch, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of bills that are being advanced that relate to social emotional learning, mm-hmm. ethnic studies. I mean, these are all things that will probably, uh, some of them, take away some local control that our school boards still do mm-hmm. retain to mm-hmm. select curriculum and your right as a parent to select curriculum. Yeah. So stay involved and, and stay informed and, and awaken others. Mm-hmm. You know, create a community. I feel like this is concentric circles where obviously, mm-hmm. you know, you get your own four walls of your house right first mm-hmm. and then you go out into your community and you mm-hmm. talk to kids, you know, parents at soccer games and then yeah. you go out to your school board and your school administrators and then you go to your state. So mm-hmm. it's kind of um, you know, do what you can within the sphere of Mm-hmm. spheres of control that you do have. Mm-hmm. That is such good advice to leave us on to Christine is that you don't have to solve all the problem at once, right? You just have right. to start with your own self and the people in your influence circles and then take it from there, right? Yep. That is the important yep. thing to remember and don't be overwhelmed. Eat the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. Yes. And, and turn off your phone, turn off your TV and start researching this, right? It's easy yeah. to sit and scroll Facebook for 45 minutes or an hour. Spend that time reading up instead and learning about these things. Yeah. Your so children are important. worth it. Do it. Yeah. They get one chance of an education, right? right? No That's why we're here, right, That's Abigail? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Christine, thank you so much for these last couple of weeks. We so appreciate all the work that you're doing. And Abigail, as always, we love doing shows together. Absolutely. And thank you to our listeners. And we hope that you'll listen to this podcast at SaveTheClassroom.com and join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.